Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Jack's Tonic has been performing for years, but it's only now that he has released his first single on the front foot. And we're going to talk about that and his previous musical experience. Hello, Jax. Hi, Sophie. How are you going? I'm very well, thank you. And from what I understand, you grew up on Sydney's northern beaches, which would have been, I imagine, a rock-heavy environment. I did. I did, yeah, absolutely. Um, if, if, you know, if people weren't sort of in music, they were a cousin or related to someone who was in music, basically. Um, it, it, it was yeah it was it was pretty rock heavy um growing up and and the music was um you know it was it was pretty rock related um you know to, to say that you'd go out and, and love country and, and be playing country and things like that um it's sort of just become more more of a thing I think in modern day um with it all happening like that and People who don't know the beaches, though, because um, I do know the Northern Beaches quite well, and there are a lot of pubs, just to set the scene. There are a lot of pubs, a lot of them are quite big, and for many years there were a lot of venues, a lot of great Australian bands like Cold Chisel and Midnight Oil played on the Northern Beaches in pubs. So it is a music environment, I guess, as well. I'm saying it's a rock environment because I'm thinking of pub rock, but but there is a lot of music around there, rehearsal studios in Brookvale. Like it's just, it's, it's yeah. a big part of the culture, I think. Look, it is, it is. And I think um, a lot of people have a chance to, um, you know, get amongst it and, and um, I guess network with each other and, and find other musicians and things like that. Um, yeah, we, Northern Beaches has definitely got its fair share of um, really good musicians and bands. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely find that. So what did you grow up listening to? Um, look, I, I sort of grew up listening to, um, yeah, most of those bands um, through the younger teenage years um, and also um, I used to grow up listening um, to U2 and um, bands like that, um, a lot of Aussie bands, um, Hoodoo Gurus, um, you know, Midnight Oil, um, all those sort of rock acts and, um, you know, um, yeah, just just a, a whole a whole mix of rock and roll, and it, it, my taste sort of changed, I suppose. Um, you know, in in late teens, when I started to look at rock and roll, old school rock and roll, and started to really enjoy Elvis and Buddy Holly, and um, you know Richie Valens when La Bamba movie came out, um, and sort of got a lot of inspiration from those guys, um, which was interesting. Well, and also they're real performers. And so given that you actually would end up performing yourself, I'm wondering if at that age you were starting to think about performing and you're looking at someone like Elvis and, and seeing how he was on stage. Because it is a it's a particular skill performance. Yeah, I think I think um I had a, a funny situation at school where I was in a band and I sort of went up to um a, a, a um a, a sort of a um trial to to make it into um a musical called My Fair Lady oh, yeah. and I just went there by chance and I sort of ended up getting a small part and then later the main actor sort of dropped out playing Doolittle and they needed someone and I tried out for it later after I'd sort of gone to a lot of rehearsals and and watched um, you know how, how they how it was done and I just ended up finding myself cast in um, that part as Eliza's right. dad Doolittle which which was quite quite funny so 
Um, but, yeah, all the guys, you know, at school as well that I used to play with, they were all into music or um, had cousins who were famous musicians or things like that. So it was, it was, just, it was just everywhere, really. Yeah. You know? So did you do any more musical theatre after My Fair Lady? I didn't really. Um, no, I, I didn't really do that. It was kind of, um, it's kind of something that just led me into, as you say, wanting to perform. Mm-hmm. And that performance side of things just, yeah, that eventually led me to, to do a, a solo um, gig around town, which I, I think I ended up doing about a thousand gigs, you know, for about six years. I was right. gigging five nights a week um, as the Duke boy, which was the Duke's a hazard show. So I, I just came up with this idea. I love the Dukes of Hazard, um, you know, the General Lee, um, Hazard County, and it was it was on TV and I grew up to it. So I just thought I'd call myself the Duke Boy and change the D to a J, like some people used to say Jukebox Boy, but yeah. <laughs> um, I was wearing cowboy boots and, you know, playing Coogee Bay Hotel and the Orient and all that sort of stuff and uh, just, yeah, uh, that, that sort of led from those young teenage years and then going into um, performing as a solo act, um, which was good. Yeah. So the, for people who don't know the Coogee Bay Hotel and the Orient, they are party pubs. Well, Coogee Bay was at the time. That was um, So you had, to, you had to know what you were doing in order to keep a rather rowdy crowd preoccupied, I think. So, so given yeah. that it was a Dukes of Hazard show, were you incorporating some old-style rock and roll as well as some country music into that show? Yeah, definitely. Like I, I used to play classics, you know. Pub classics were always the go. Anything from Oasis, Paul Kelly, um, right through to Johnny Cash and Elvis, um, you know, John Denver, um, just all those classic songs people love to sing along to and uh yeah had, had the cowboy boots on and the, the jeans and uh yeah during that period I actually did a couple of gigs with um Troy Kemp at the um yeah Terrigal Beer Garden Crown Plaza so <laughs> I know it <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've uh yeah dropped this song now and uh Troy sort of had a bit of a giggle um right. I bought his guitar back then and I've still got it and it still works, his uh, Ovation Acoustic. So he and I were having a bit of a laugh about that. Yeah, right. Um, Yeah, which was great. Um, But, yeah, just uh, playing those pubs, you know, Coogee Bay, we used to, you you really learn how to uh, mix your own sound and uh, we used to have to hire two 400-watt subwoofers and, you know, 200 people in that corner bar. And uh, you'd have about three big speakers and two big subwoofers just to get that sound across. Um, and you'd play from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So it was a good slog, yeah. So when you, yeah, so when you said five nights a week, I was thinking, oh, that's about, yeah, three hours a night was a lot, but four hours a night, five yeah. nights a week. So how, was there ever a stage well, where you thought, I'm over it? <laughs> I look, guess look, a lot. Yeah, look, uh, that was a, that was a long gig, um, but most of the gigs were three hours. Yeah. And yeah, you, you, I, look, I I just was on autopilot. I love what I did so much, and um, you know, I was I was just doing it full time, um, writing songs, just just you know, getting out and seeing people who you know, everyone who goes to a, a pub or a, a somewhere they'll who loves music they're the best audience to play to. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's just they're there to enjoy the moment. 
Um, and I had this backdrop, um, which was a, a spray-painted picture by a graffiti artist who actually um, spray-painted the, the, the Bondi wall, the mural there professionally, and um, he, he spray-painted um, the backdrop and I got him to um, paint an orange Kingswood as opposed to the General Lee um, and put an Aussie flag on the, on the roof. <laughs> and that was quite entertaining for people just to look at my backdrop and, you know, just to see like before the show and, and just to get warmed up and just yeah. uh, show some attention and, uh, yeah, just yeah, just show them that it was going to be fun and, uh, yeah, love connecting with people doing that sort of thing. So, but, yeah, you, you, do, you do get to a point where you're, um, you've been doing it for a number of years um, I guess I just, at, at that point, um, I sort of had a little break um, for a while because I just ended up, you know, settling down, getting married, having a couple of kids with my wife and, um, yeah, it just, you know, life just whisks you away and then you've always got that guitar there and you're always playing, you know, friends come over, you have a few drinks, um, you, you'll start singing you'll start jamming with a few friends and it just kept going on and on and on while I wasn't really performing professionally. Right. And I just got to a point where I, I just, you know, in the last couple of years where I just really had a deep desire to return to it and right. take it further. Yeah. Well, and you said while you were playing all those gigs, you were writing songs. So were you actually performing some of your originals in those sets or was it just like songwriting was a secret thing you were doing for yourself? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was um, getting out and playing the songs and, you know, you choose the right sort of moment to, to play them um, and, and all the all the things you were going through in your life and all the, um, you know, the feelings you had and the experiences you had, you needed to express those. And I think every person does actually. So mm. I was able to do it through my music and, you know, play a few covers and pick the right moment and then play an original. Um, but I, I really found that my songwriting took years and years and years just to develop to a point where it is now. Um, it just the time just feels so right for me now. Yeah, right. It's a strange cliche to say it, but it's it's actually true. Well, I think there's a lot of cultural pressure to feel like you have to achieve everything in your 20s, like create that song, you put out that album, you know, rise to the heights of what you're doing. But often, yes, it's time, experience, um, learning a lot of different things that get you to the point where you feel like you're ready to create something that that is the most meaningful to you. Yeah, yeah, it's anyone who writes, any songwriter would know, anyone who writes songs, um, it's, it's, it's like an author of a book. Um, you know, you just, you go through this process through your life where you just evolve. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just really found that I'd, I'd finally sort of evolved as a songwriter and um, just, yeah, just, just, just the confidence in, in what you were doing and, and having the ear to pick what, mm -hmm. what works and what doesn't work. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's it's an interesting uh, concept, but it just yeah, it just happens. It happens to you, and you you know you know when you you're creating something and when you're ready to sort of take it out and yeah you know, share it with people. Yeah, I think your point about having the ear to pick what's working and what's not is an important one because you could either think 
everything's bad or everything's great and not be able to discern between them. But it does take being a music listener, I think, for a long time to be able to pick which songs are working, as well as all that road testing you did with all those shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sort of uh, road testing came in very handy in the last uh, year or so since I started just getting back and gigging again, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> getting back out there. Like I really just wanted to, to see whether I could do it. And I, I just uh, yeah, contacted a few of the local pubs and, you know, the Stain and the Ivanhoe down at Manly and ended up going all around Sydney um, in the last year. And um, just amazing jumping back on a microphone and with a guitar and that muscle memory and how it's all come <laughs> back and all that experience over those years um, of mixing your own sound and, yeah, just just getting up and it feels like it's exactly the same. It feels like you know it hasn't. I haven't had any time off, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and have you have you been enjoying it as much as you used to? Oh yeah, I think I think I'm enjoying it more. Yeah, um, it's different now. It's it's yeah, it's it's it, it is different. Um, people are different. The way the way we communicate is different. The social media aspects. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I first looked at it, I was like, I. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I was just, I was like, I'm not going to do that social media thing and, uh, you know, promote it or do anything. But you just, yeah, you take little steps and you, you learn off other people, you watch other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it, it's feeling good. It's feeling good and I'm enjoying it, definitely enjoying it. Yeah. So now you're, you're in the country music genre. So when did you as a listener embrace country music? Ah, oh, look I've got to say I had a mix of music when I was even 14, 15. Um, I was listening to even, you know, dance dance songs like Michael Jackson and uh, Madonna and all that sort of stuff. But I was also, um, as I said, sort of listening and, and really liking the sound of, uh, you know, the guitars and, and, and the rhythm and the way the country music sort of sounded, you know, even from Slim Dusty and, you know, like all those guys um, sort of just just creating this um, Aussie sort of feel to, to, to the country music. Um, so it's, it started, it did start at, a, I'd say, my teens and it, it's just, it's really stuck in there and um, I guess just just evolving in the last sort of, yeah, 15, 20 odd years, it's, it's just got more and more. Um, and I've just enjoyed the music more, the artists, listening to the artists. So you, you know when you're hooked. Yeah. And I'm hooked. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, who are your favourite artists? Who are your favourite artists at the moment? Oh, geez. Um, the, the, I mean, I, I really like Morgan Evans. Right. Um, you know, in terms of the, the, some of the Aussies and things like that, um, I, I do like um, Troy Kemp. McAllister and Kemp, um, I, I like those guys. Um, yeah, I, just just a, a number of them. Um, you know, listening to them, uh, a whole diverse range from Luke O'Shea. Um, I, I love listening to Amber Lawrence. Um, you know, I've been listening to a bit of um, Seaforth. Oh yeah, those guys have done really well, and I, I really enjoy that. Um, like Andrew Swift. Yeah, just. Just, just really. I mean, I, li- I like the American artists as well, um, and 
you know, but, but I'm being immersed at the moment into the um, the Australian scene, and I'm just I'm blown away yeah. by by the talent. These these people are just awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm actually so glad to be amongst it. I'm grateful to be amongst it. I guess. Yeah, look, it's yeah. why I why I cover it. I think it's uh, there's an amazing depth and breadth of talent in this country. Um, and you know, Troy Kemp, whom you mentioned, uh, he's great with a duet. And given that you two used to share gifts, <laughs> maybe you could hit him up for a duet. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe one day. I'd love to. <laughs> but speaking of the song that you do have out, it is called "On the Front Foot." It is your debut single, um, particularly in country music. When did you write it? I wrote it. I think it was about. Um, June last year, oh. I think, and it was just, um, it, yeah, it was a song that just sort of just just real like the the music just came straight out, um, and and then I started just really finding this um, this lyric which sort of started to remind me of the 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 night that I met my wife actually, and and just going out we had it was it was an awesome night, was, you know, obviously I ended up marrying her so uh, <laughs> it, it, she had to do she had to do something to to make it right and it just it was just um yeah it was just that attraction and that that whole night and the, the chemistry and and a really a really strong bond and attraction um it's quite a funny song because you know I, I try to get a number and she said oh, I'll I'll get yours so you know you you end up you end up sitting back and, and and sort of waiting after that happens and and just wanting to catch up and the song's kind of about that it's about you know your vulnerabilities and and you know how you open yourself up and going through those those thoughts the way humans are when we're attracted to something or we want something um yeah and then it talks about in second verse seeing that person um, which is kind of a bit creative for, 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 for my situation with her, but it still makes the song exciting because you, you see that person in the distance and you want them to, um, you know, to, to sort of call you, but you can't really do anything <laughs> about it because, uh, you know, you've got to sit back and play it cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, It is a great upbeat summer song. I think, I mean, I know we're not quite in summer, but it's been released in time for summer, for summer playlists, for long drives and that sort of thing. And um, I was reading that you you would listen to some Adam Brand, I think, and you were trying to work out, you know, who, who had worked with Adam to help him get this sound, and it was Luke Wooten. And you approached Luke. Um, so first of all, out of that, I'd like to know, if, is Adam a leading influence for you? And second of all, how did you come to contact Luke? Yeah, um, look, Adam Brand is is just yeah inspirational. I, um, I I remember reading his story in detail and and his life and what he's gone through to get where he is. And I'm behind the guy 110. Um, percent I've got to tell you, like I, I really felt I really felt every little bit for for that guy. Um, and when I listen to him sing, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, he's a really good singer. I love the way he makes his lyrics come across so simply, but they're mm-hmm. so detailed and technical. Um, so, yeah, I was listening to Adam Brand and I went to Spotify song credits and uh, saw this producer's name, Luke Wooden, and, you know, I was doing it a lot of homework in a short space of time. So I uh, just Instagram messaged him and uh, he got back to me a, a month later uh, with his email and, yeah, I recorded five songs, sent them to him, and he emailed me the very next morning. 
And my wife thought I was lying. So <laughs> I was jumping up and down at about 6 a.m. when I saw the email. And uh, he said, you know, hey, Jax, I love your songs and get them over here and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll mix them and we'll master them for you. Right. So that was a pretty, pretty good inspirational moment. Yeah. So it sounds like you have more than one lined up, ready to go. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We, we, we've, look, we've record, I've recorded a few. He's mixed and mastered a few. Um, we're we're going to just release them as people want them and, and mm-hmm. you know, um, put them out there. But I'm, I'm constantly writing as well now. Like I'm, I'm writing a lot, a lot of songs, and um, yeah, and some of the new ones are sounding quite interesting as well. You know, I can't wait to get those out. Looking forward to that. And he's not the only uh, very well credentialed person you've worked with with this song, because the person who directed your music video is the current holder of the golden guitar for best video of the year, Jay Sini. So, did you contact Jay as well out of the blue and just say, "Hey, I'd love you to do my video"? I did. I did. I, I sort of did a similar thing, and I, I you know, I, I sent him, sent him the song, and uh, he said he'd take a listen and, and, and tell me what he thought. And he, he, straight away, he just went, "Man, this is this is great. Um, love to do this. Love to work with you." And uh, he's he's just been an absolute pleasure to work with. The the guy is the guy is so switched on. Um, it's phenomenal, and uh, yeah, just just his attention to detail. You know, even in that video. Um, the moments that he can capture and express, you know, um, you sort of just go, yeah, that's right. That, 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 that's, that's, you know, that's spot on exactly what I wanted to come across. Um, and he put an influence of the Northern Beaches on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I, I let him do his work and create that. And, I, you know, at first I was like, oh, you know, should we just be in the country, you know, like, <laughs> um, he's like, no, you're here on the northern beaches as well, so let's use this place, you know, let's let's put it in the video. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he's great. And, and he plays music as well. The guy can sing and play guitar like, like a legend. So, <laughs> wow, you know. Oh, look, I would imagine he's also super busy, so it was it was good work to to book in with him. Uh, but yeah. at this time of year, I tend to ask people, do they have Tamworth plans? So, are you thinking you're playing at the festival next year? Yeah, I'm definitely playing at the festival. I can't wait. Um, I think I think I'm going to have about ten or fifteen gigs. Oh right. Um, well, yeah. you're, used, you're used to the pace, right? So oh, I'm happy to I'm happy to get out there. And get amongst it. I, I'm going to be everywhere from uh, busking to you know shopping centres, uh, cool. stages, uh, right through to pubs. So <laughs> people people can uh, yeah come and get down there and enjoy it. You know, and I'm going to get amongst it and, and really just um, get down there. I can't wait to um, put all the the faces to names as well of people that I've um, seen and heard about and. I can't wait to, to to get to a couple of shows myself and, and just kick back and have a few drinks with, with some punters, yeah. If you have time, by the sound of it. I will. I'll find time. <laughs> part of what I love about that festival is the shopping centre gigs and the busking and everything because it means that people can walk pretty much everywhere in town and there's someone playing music. So it's a really good opportunity to discover new artists and um, and just carry on your day and roll on to someone else so you're in all the right spots by the sound of it yeah it's country music heaven basically it's you know people anyone walking around and just just can go to 
any direction and, and find good music or get amongst it and, and, and find new music, new music talents and, and uh, yeah, just, just the whole cultural aspect of it. Everybody's going to be down there and enjoying the same thing and what better place in Tamworth, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a great place. Well, I think in saying it's country music heaven, you've given it the best rap um, and people can see you play, no doubt you will play On the Front Foot, which is your new single and some other singles as well. And Jax, it's been lovely to talk to you. Thanks, Sophie. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.